When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and a fine libations Friday to you and yours. How you doing out there? All right, everybody good? Deep breaths? Doing okay? Feeling good? Good, good to have you along. Thanks for being here. I'm Jeff. That is Tom and Director Matthew, both probably ready to kick ass as usual. That's just the way we roll around here on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show, loosey-goosey edition of the program, and I am uh, excited about this weekend. I'm excited for what Florida State might be able to pull off in the transfer portal, perhaps. Names keep filing in. We'll update you on that in a moment. I'm excited for week 18. We're 11 teams that uh, have no idea of their fate. Five open spots. Ties the uh, NFL record, 2006, for the most amount of spots available entering the final weekend. All kinds of weird action like that. A lot of games with playoff implications, to say the least. I mean, I... Obviously, at the top of that list for a lot of people would be Bills Dolphins, but there's a lot more than that going on, man. That includes our Buckaroos, Tom. I see. I think you're decked out just as I am, buddy. You know, as we uh, piped in, and I see that studio, and I miss it on a Friday, especially the Friday energy of the studio is always a good one. Yeah, yeah, it is. I uh, I saw I was wearing the wrong garb. I had not put on Buccaneers gear, and so I broke out the Evans, the old uh, Evans creamsicle today, because it's it's win or go home. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, right? I don't think you're going to win next week, so might as well win this week and get that banner and be done with it. So that, let's go ahead and beat Carolina and just go get that done. It'll be three straight NFC South Division championships, buddy. That's what that would be. Flag the fly. Flag the fly. Fly the flag high. <laughs> uh, it's it's true. Hey, Brett, right off the bat in the chat, I see you looking out for me. Straka, minus six, three off the lead. You're Dog right is what you are, buddy. That's right. You're damn right he is. Hey, I have some flyers in play right now on that uh, Century Tournament, and we're looking okay in some spots here. I've got some top tens, some top fives, and even a little pizza money on a future winner. And that future winner, what did I tell you, plus 4,000 with Straka to be three off the lead right now? Woo, we'll do the show naked on Monday, baby. 
Okay, I will take Monday off, but thank you very much, <laughs> Brett, for uh, for getting it out of the way. This has been your Zaxby's of Tallahassee, Sepp Straka update of the day. Thank you very much. Thank you very oh, much, Brett. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, so, well, I don't know. I, uh, I did enjoy watching that last night. I had my laptop out. I went to a nice dinner, came home, got the laptop out, watched the event from Maui, went over to warchant.com. I was tuning in to Michael Langston's updates, Tom, wanting to make sure we had a little something going on in the transfer portal. Anytime a linebacker's name got mentioned, I went, ooh, all right, I like that. Let's see. What do we got? Is he going to sign? Is he any good? Let's go look at some film on this guy. Got to be better than what we have, I can tell you that. Got to be better than what we have at that particular position. I'm sure of it. I don't need to see him play. I'm just going to bet the house it's better than what we got. Yeah, so that's the uh, the interesting thing is towards the end of Michael's update last night when he was on Wake Up Live on the channel, and we posted the video. It's available on the channel just on demand as a transfer portal update. He's not afraid to say it now. He thinks it's going to be around a dozen when it's all said and done. A dozen new players in addition to DJ, in addition to Marvin Jones Jr., that would be 10 more or 11 more. So that would be a nice little overhaul and turnover for the roster for next year. If they do land that many players – then I do believe at that point an ACC championship is a reasonable expectation because you're not just bringing in a bunch of these guys for the sake of bringing them in. You're bringing them in to be better next year. I'd say probably 75 80% of those guys would be about 2024 and, and what you can do this year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm measured in my enthusiasm. I don't care about sheer numbers. I care about quality. Yes, numbers matter. We've got to fill holes, and there are a lot of them. So I want, I'm happy to now see more names in the coffers uh, to choose from. That is good. That is hopefully to woo those individuals. But I'm also really looking out for quality here. I need, I need an uptick in production at that position that I reference seemingly daily, and I need depth of talent, uh, real quality talent. So, look, there are some guys out there, again, um, it's it's nice to watch. Uh, it, it's it to watch some of the bigger names, whether it's Alabama players, uh, whether it's you know a tackle from this group or that group, whatever it might be. We've seen some bigger names out there that are interested. After losing initially a couple of folks, it makes you a little nervous. I was on edge yesterday as we did the show because I wasn't happy with the direction things were going. There wasn't a real good vibe. Uh, going into yesterday's program about what was happening. So, um, you know, we'll see at the end of the day uh, who they get, and then we'll assess and talk more about what it is they got to do. I also know to be patient. I've learned very carefully that uh, there's a lot that happens. It's not just this week. It's not just this these next few days, right? We know. Uh, and then I am excited about a few of the players obviously coming back. So it's not like I'm dogging the entire roster. I hope people uh, understand that too. I, I'm harsh on a couple of position groups that I think are lacking. Um, and then I'm, but 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 on the whole, I think that Florida State's overall amount of talent has been uh, significantly increased, and it needs to continue to be if we're going to get to where we want to go. And that's what this is about. Yeah, agreed. I, I think patience is is a good play to some degree. I still think no matter what happens over the next month, um, because some guys could enroll late, and then obviously you got the window in the spring. Like, look, man, that front seven needs to get better out of the high school ranks, so we yeah. don't have to be so we don't have to need this exercise every year. I would like it to get to a point where the portal is a luxury and not a lifeblood of what is going to help us and, and position us to be yes. successful on a given year. It's great that we're good at it because if we weren't, we wouldn't have gone 13-0 and last year. We wouldn't have been close. So that's nice, 
And it's great that the battle's end is there to help us retain the guys we do bring in and then go acquire maybe some new players. They wouldn't use that language. I will. But it would be nice if maybe, I don't know that we can do it next year. So I'm setting goals for 2026, baby. 2026, that January, let's get it to be a place where it's a luxury, where you're just adding the final couple of pieces rather than something that's going to help you substantively build your program. You share my enthusiasm for this weekend of NFL football. It's a good weekend to bet. Uh, It's a good weekend to kind of – you can really take advantage of some opportunities here, I think. Look, let me lay this out here for everybody because I think this is pretty cool. And I was pretty surprised when I decided to get uh, deep into the weeds with this. Um, So, as I mentioned at the outset here, NFL tying a record 2006 for the most amount of spots available entering the final week. A lot of games with playoff implications, and that Bills Dolphins game is chief amongst them. But look at the game. Look at a game like uh, the Texans and the Colts. You think back on this year, and the the Colts lose Anthony Richardson. That was the big story going into the season. How would he play? And early on, the returns were pretty good, right? I mean, it was it was maybe going to fly for that first year because they were going to run him. They, they, they had chosen to do what you and I said they should do. If you draft him, you're going to have to wait on him to become a great passer, but you don't have to wait on him to be a unique runner. And they were using him. But, of course, the problem with doing that is you get the quarterback beat to hell. And he was beat to hell quickly. And that was the end of that. And so you thought, well, okay, that's the end of that. they got to go to Gardner Minshew. And in addition, you had the owner publicly feuding with his star running back coming into the season, which is bizarre firing of coaches each of the last couple of years. But Shane Steichen comes in, 38-year-old head coach comes in from the Eagles and has been a badass in year one. The Texans draft C.J. Stroud. Turns out they got the right rookie quarterback that everybody's trying to figure out and, you know, 50-50 proposition with first-round quarterbacks. They get him. D'Amico Ryans has been awesome. And so, you, you know, the winner in that game is in the playoffs. The loser is out. You can't get better than that in the final weekend of the season. This is it. Winner take all. Now, listen, if the Jags win, the winner of that game, the Colts and uh, Texans that I'm talking about, is a wild card team. If the Jags lose, the winner of that game is the AFC South champion. So, sweet Jesus, you go from being a wild card team to the South champions and hosting a playoff game just like that because of other game results and obviously whether or not you win. The Bills who could get the two seed, or totally miss the playoffs. How bizarre is that? They've been one of the weirder teams in the NFL. Left for dead, obviously. They come back, win against Kansas City on the road. Then they kill the Cowboys 31-10. to We all think they're back. Well, they squeak past a terrible Chargers team, 24-22. You're like, eh, maybe they overlooked them. It was a weird game night, you know, whatever. But then you watch the Patriots game, and you're like, good God, the Patriots turned it over four times and gave up a pick six and had the ball with a chance to win the game. What are the Bills doing? That thing was 27-21. Now, if they win, they're the AFC East champs. A loss? Well, again, potentially, they could be out of the playoffs. If they lose and the Steelers and Jags win, they don't make the playoffs altogether. So win, win the division. Lose, hold on to your butts if you're a Bills fan. That's where you're at at that point. The Dolphins, meanwhile... Uh, maybe no Waddle against playoff teams. The Dolphins are 1-4 this year, a minus 84-point differential when they play good teams. Basically, the Dolphins suck when they play anybody who's any good. 
save for the time they played Dallas, which we're always suspicious of anyhow. The Bills are, what, two, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Dolphins win, and they're a two-seed. Loss means six-seed, and we'll see you in Kansas City as we lay it out there. Bears-Packers, Tom. Old-school Bears-Packers. Bears win, and the Packers are out of the playoffs. You don't think they want to do that? And if you're the Packers, you're thinking, well, sweet Jesus, why in the hell are the Bears 5-2 and two over their last seven? And in the only two losses they have, they had a 75% win percentage chance of winning the game, and they choked it away. So they really should be seven for their last seven. Weighted DVOA, they're a top seven team in the last eight weeks. Like all of a sudden. So think about that. Now you're a Bears fan. You're like, well, I don't know if if we can beat the Packers in a meaningful game for the first time in this rivalry in forever, it'd be cool to knock them out of the playoffs. But then maybe Justin Fields come back, and I don't know if I want that, let alone Matt uh, Eberflus, the head coach. But then again, I don't know, maybe maybe they should come back. So we'll see. Should be noted here. Steelers lose Saturday to the Ravens, and the Jags lose in the early window Sunday to the Titans. Then the Broncos versus the Raiders becomes the tiebreaker. Neither of those two teams have anything to play for, but they would be determining the fate of the Steelers or the Jags. Yes, let's go. Let's drink and gamble and watch the hell out of the NFL this weekend. This is high heaven fun. Look at these scenarios. Please let that last one happen. Please give me that last scenario where a meaningless game between the Broncos and the Raiders becomes, in that scenario, the most important game of the year to the Steelers and the Jags. (laughs) If they choke. And who's sure that the Steelers are going to win on the road against Baltimore backups or not? I'm not. In fact, I'm taking the Ravens plus three and a half all day long. Please, we know Harbaugh cares deeply, Tom. He wants to win Freaking preseason games. You think he wants to win a regular season game? He's going to coach his ass off in that football. Mason Rudolph is starting for the Steelers. Pick the Ravens. Do it. And the Jags, you can't trust the Jags to beat anybody. Titans, problematic occasionally. This is going to be a great weekend, and I haven't even started with the Bucks. What do you do with the Bucks? If the Bucks lose to the Panthers, Todd Bowles is fired. On the spot. Don't don't even let him enter the locker room again. You throw his stuff out in the yard. All of it. It's out in the yard. Come get your stuff, loser. If he wins, he saves his job. The Bucks win the division, host a playoff game. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And as a Bucks fan, I want the Bucks to win. I'd like to see Todd Bowles get fired. I think I win either way. I think I'm fine either way. I don't know. I I think I want to say back-to-back-to-back with a smirk on my face. Division champions, what say you? Well, there's a lot to sort through there, but uh, I think one of the things the NFL does a great job of, I know that you're talking about you could go to a second window where a tiebreaker means something for two teams if a wild scenario happens. But generally speaking, they do a really good job of making sure that if there is something to be determined, it's within one window. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. even though Jacksonville could be playing for the division or or not, the winner on Saturday night is celebrating in their locker room. They know that they're going to be playing again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, well, we're thrilled to get the win tonight, but time to pack it up and see what happens tomorrow. Like, I like that. I I like that they put the 4 o'clock game between the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah, there's implications for the Steelers. 
but it, it becomes more intriguing because the Ravens are going to be sitting a lot of dudes. They might be playing Dalvin Cook, who signed with them this week. Uh, they've had a ton of injuries at running back. Gus Edwards is their lead guy, Melvin Gordon, and now Dalvin Cook. It's like a it's like a who's who of three, four years ago in the NFL. But Dalvin Cook gets years. the chance to chase a ring, baby. He does. He does. And he's going to be fresh as hell uh, because obviously the Jets didn't use him at all. Now mm-hmm. the question is, did they use him? Very little because Brees Hall's awesome or because he's too old. We're going to find out tomorrow in that 4 o'clock window. I don't think you sign him to sit him on the bench tomorrow and let him acclimate. I think you sign him to play him right freaking now. Yeah, and they will They will sit a lot of their guys. But, again, we know how Harbaugh coaches. By the way, there's no end to the intrigue over the weekend. There is also a game that shouldn't matter but will intrigue me and at least raise an eyebrow at some point. Rams 49ers, it's Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold. <laughs> this, this is a tryout to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos next year. Who are we kidding? That's what this game is. Here's some pizza money, Carson Wentz. Here's some pizza money, Sam Darnold. Come be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. They've already told you they hate Russell Wilson. Go bring in a guy that will run the system that he wants to run and, you know, pay him, like, not even a quarter of what that freak show makes. Well, I don't know who needs the Broncos to win if we get into the tiebreaker scenario. I'm not sure if that's the Steelers the or, Steelers, or The Steelers need the Broncos to win. Uh, if, if the scenario I laid out before mm-hmm. happens, yeah. which means that the Jags lose in the early window Sunday to the Titans, um, if that happens, then the Broncos Raiders become the tiebreaker and the Steelers and Jags have to rely on these two teams and the Broncos, um, that's what it is. Double checking my facts. Yep. Steelers, uh, that would be the Broncos win, the Steelers get in, the Raiders win, the Jags get in. See, the thing is that that's advantage Pittsburgh because Sean Payton is operating with, I don't want to look like a clown because I benched Russell Wilson. And so, you're talking about caring deeply from Harbaugh. Sean Payton's going to care very deeply in a meaningless game on Sunday because now his reputation's on the line. It's going to be him all offseason being joked about if he doesn't look but more than he was for even giving up 70 points to the Dolphins earlier this year. He will be talked about for doing Russ wrong. And Oh, that, that, I won't buy into that narrative. I don't care about that. Russ is nuts. I think it's awesome. The bad, the more, the more negative PR for right, all no, of those no, guys, the know. better. They're, they're all clowns. I'm not defending him. I'm saying no. I'm not going to pile on in that way. There's so much more to pile on with Sean Payton. I'm just saying that in order to do so, I'm not joining the the crowd that's behind Russell Wilson of all things. The only thing is, I I would say. The Glazers at times are quick to fire you, and then at times they're they're all too patient. I don't think they operate in the middle very often. We say, you know what? It's a tough call, and I think the Glazers made the right call. They're usually kind of polar opposites. The worst-case scenario is you lose to Carolina, and for some reason they don't fire them. I, I feel like that's within the realm of possibility. So let's just go ahead and win this football game tomorrow or Sunday. I don't think it's in the realm of possibility. I think he's fired on the spot if they lose to Carolina. I mean, Jesus, have you watched the Carolina Panthers play? That is as bad a football team as we've seen in the league in a long time. And they drafted the wrong guy. Kid can't play. They're screwed for years. It's awesome. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Show on Alive Nations Friday. It's great to have you along. I hope you're well. I saw something. So, Tom, we talk about our age difference sometimes. Um, and one of the weird and cool things about our relationship, and both as a friend, uh, as our as a friendship, and as uh, as as cohorts here, um, is that. Even though you're 15 years younger than me, it never really shows up all that often because we joke about it. You're an old soul. So I was wildly immature and probably still am to some degree. And you were too mature and I was too immature. <laughs> so we met in the middle early on. Uh, and there are good and bad things about all of that. But uh, it really worked out for the both of us, I think. But sometimes there is a news item or a reference to a player or a season, and it occurs to me, well, Tom wasn't even alive. He didn't even see this team play. He, I mean, he he can read books and he's watched highlights, so he's he knows you know of this player, but he didn't see this guy in college. Like, I can't make references to Dan Marino at Pitt and have you be like, oh, yeah, man, he was awesome. You weren't even born. No, I, I would say Ace Ventura, awesome movie. Good cameo. Good cameo. <laughs> so, like, it's tough. 
you know, there are certain moments, and then there are things, and this is where it always strikes me. I say, I have to ask him about it. So here, it's Libations Friday. It's Lucy Goosey. We have fun on Fridays. We're supposed to have fun every day. But anyhow, the point would be, uh, I read this very early this morning. I do the hodgepodge stuff in the morning where I go all over the map, world news, whatever, and then eventually I funnel it all down when it's time to get serious and start show prepping to sports, but I don't start with sports. And I thought to myself, well, Tom might know about this because he's much more technologically savvy. This is where our age difference does come into play. I'm like the old guy constantly trying to figure out how technology works, especially if, you know, and I'll ask you, I'll ask you or Matthew or somebody or Matt Millar, like, hey, man, what's the deal with this thing? Should I have this? Do I need this? Everybody using this thing now? Yeah. And this is how I use it, right? I'm doing it right? Yeah. Okay, good job. I do a pretty good job with this. But. I saw a story that in Ohio, they, okay, so Ohio does what uh, everybody does, every state does, right? They put up historical markers on roadsides. You know, we do this in Florida, we do this in every state in the country. You see it on city streets, you see it on the front of buildings, it commemorates things. A lot of times where important events happen. And so it'll be like battles from the War of 1812, Neil Armstrong's birthplace, well, you know, something like that. You're like, oh, well, how about that? By the way, my wife makes me pull over. She, I mean, she's a big history buff too, and so am I. So it's like, that's what happens if we're driving down the road. Oh, I saw a historical marker. Stop and see what that was. I'm like, come on, man. We're trying to get somewhere. But anyhow, she does it, right? To get, babe, we're going to the corner pocket. Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there is a marker being put up, Tom, in Ohio to commemorate the world headquarters of CompuServe. Now, this makes me feel a thousand years old. Uh, CompuServe was based in Columbus, uh, in a suburb of Columbus, uh, Arlington, in Ohio. And it was founded 50 years ago. Mm. 50 years ago. CompuServe was the first widely available online services company. AOL before AOL. Now, you remember AOL. Sure. Uh, that's where I, many nervous moments talking to girls when I was uh, 11, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. So AOL was where a lot of people had their first ever email. And CompuServe, AOL, all of that, where you went to forums, you read books, magazines, articles, whatever it might be. Read this too today. I did not know it. CompuServe invented GIFs. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. An employee that, yeah, there. So it was their employee that pronounced it properly and everybody bastardized it. Right. Well, and then you know I fought the good fight forever. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, they were swallowed up by AOL, which in turn was swallowed up by Verizon, which later became Yahoo, (laughs) at least from the internet stuff. And so there it is. It's a historical marker. So this is why I say I feel a thousand years old. And maybe this makes you even feel old because we're starting to put up historical markers to things about the internet. Email. Jesus, man. Yeah. uh, When I try to describe what AOL was like to my nieces and nephews and even Director Matthew, who is far older than my nieces and nephews, they they all kind of laugh. You know, they they say, "What, what are you talking about? Broadband, Roadrunner, what were these things? Like Roadrunner was badass in Tampa. That was the window <laughs> to high speed internet. 
And yeah, I, well, I didn't remember CompuServe. But when you said I don't CompuServe, really remember CompuServe because, again, that's 50 years old and I'm 52. But what it had me thinking was, uh, is this like a headquarters for a retail store like a Circuit City or a CompUSA? Because CompUSA is old school, too. Uh, I remember also the gateway stores. They had the big theme of the cow box. Mm -hmm. You know, Everything was cow this, cow that. And I remember going into the gateway store for an LCD screen that cost my father $1,850. And it was, I think, a 15-inch LCD screen display for the gateway computer that we got in 1999. And my mom said, what are we doing? And he says, we're getting an awesome screen. That's what we're doing. It's going to be... <laughs> And I was very happy. I was rooting them on. I don't want that old boxy glass screen, Dad. I want the one that when you push it, it does little waves. And that was what it was. Yeah. What I'm going to do in a minute is talk Florida State uh, portal and guys that are coming into town and all that. But before I get off this subject, I like to commemorate the first time I was ever traumatized by the Internet. Oh, no. That's because that's what you remember most, right? Like the first time you got excited about something on the Internet. Like I can tell you one of the coolest things early on was somebody said, look, man, you can find other people that like this album or this band, and there'll be pirated concerts. You can find entire shows from your favorite bands. It's illegal as all hell, but it's awesome. It's all right here. You just have to be very, very patient because it takes a long time to download these. Oh, we're talking about dial-up. So you're just waiting, you know, like, the whole thing, and you're sitting around. But then you could hear this show, right? But then later on... You, and I've told this all, to you, and you, everybody laughs. We all smile about this. When LimeWire happened, I'm like, look at this. <laughs> this is amazing. I can type in shows. I can see footage from war. I can watch anything I want on this thing. And then somebody's like, well, don't do that. And I went, why? They're like, your computer's effed. You're, you can't just keep downloading stuff from people you don't know. I'm like, sure you can. Look, they're shooting that building. So anyhow. I learned a very valuable lesson when I ruined a computer. Yeah, the uh, the first time I was burned by the internet, it was actually more innocent. Uh, it was one of those little scare pranks where there's like a little bouncing ball, and then suddenly it's it makes a really loud noise, and I was wearing a headset. <laughs> and it was the Exorcist's demon child, which I already had problems with. I've told you. I yeah, yeah, yeah. With demon little girls. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was... Uh, Maybe 10 or 11 when that happened. And the Man, bouncing ball like, turned into this thing? Right. It's like, no, listen closely to the voice. Oh. And it goes, it goes raw. And, and it's, like, it's just it's, <laughs> this horrifying picture of the exorcist girl. And uh, there's and actually. Like 11 year old Tom is staring at the screen going, oh, sweet Jesus. I had nightmares for about a month. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. It was terrible. I got got. Now, there are videos on the old E-bombs world. There's a, a name drop from about 25 years ago. Mm. There are videos before these things were viral, so to speak, of uh, people getting scared by the very same thing and, like, falling out of their chair. And right, stuff. right, Thankfully, right, right. Thankfully, I was alone, so nobody was filming it on a, I guess it would have to be a, a camera, like a JVC. I don't I, even know. I don't know. But, yes, I've seen those videos. I just laugh that everybody has clicked on something they shouldn't have, and the next thing you know – your computer is screwed, and you've learned a very valuable lesson. And that would, with me, it was like calling Matt Millar. Well, I mean, I wanted to see it was footage from Iraq. I thought it looked pretty crazy. I wanted to see it. He's like, well, great, man, but you got it off a line wire. I can't save you. This computer's done. And that was me, <laughs> like a dumbass. Anyhow, CompuServe, 50 years old.
And uh, shout out Matt Millar, who wanted to send everybody to a waffle website that I won't say anything more about. But that was what he did to everybody at the radio station. I, hey. Matt Millar was a prankster when it came to links for a long time. Or attachments via text. I'm attachments sure we'll get via text was one that got me in trouble with my wife. <laughs> hey, Matt just texted you. Oh, I'm driving. Tell me what it says. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Tell me what it says. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake of telling him once that we were having a, a conference meeting mm, at the four. Letter. I know the gif that you got. <laughs> I know. I know the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Look at that. I didn't know that was possible. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. <laughs> Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Good about a couple of guys. I want to get to this now because I kind of glossed over it. Let's go back to it. Earl Little Jr., Alabama transfer. Felt good about it yesterday. Feel good about it today. That's the good news. I think we're in real good shape with that young man. I'd be very surprised if we didn't get the commitment from Earl Little Jr. That's a good get. I think it's a good, uh, there's a good chance. Uh, that we're going to get the Charlotte linebacker. The uh, is it Nakai Hill Green? Tom, is that is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, he was on campus today. Declined an interview he about did. an hour ago, but yes, I um, still feel good about him. Okay. Well, look, we got an immediate playing time for you, buddy. Yeah, that's if there's one thing we can sell beyond a robust collective, it's that uh, there are snaps to be had. Yeah, for sure. Um. Interesting to see what will happen with the Ferguson kid. Um, all right. We, we're, we've got a little bit of positive momentum right now. I saw where Stefan Thompson has arrived uh, for his visit. He's uh, the Syracuse linebacker. Okay. He also declined to speak when he left today. Frankly, I just don't think I'd ever speak unless it was something that I was done with. The process was over. 
Like, I don't begrudge any of these kids for not speaking, especially if you're visiting, like, three or four schools. I, I don't know. You you don't have anything to gain. Yeah, also- I, I should I – should, sorry, I should probably clarify. Um, when you're a transfer, yeah, it's, it's very different than being a prep recruit in terms of interviews. Like, it's kind of expected if you're a prep to give an update about what you think, your top schools, all that kind of stuff. A lot of kids from the transfer portal say, I've already been there and I've done that. Even if it's to a lower level and they're, they're coming from a Charlotte or a Syracuse, they don't want to live that anymore. They just want to be about the business. I'm not carrying any tone about whether or not we get a kid or we don't get a kid. It's right, just that, right, right, right. You know, they, they have left already. A lot of them do want to talk, but the, uh, these particular two did not. Pearson Toomey, the Furman offensive line transfer, is um, going to check out South Carolina. He, he mentioned his top four was Florida State, NC State, South Carolina, and Duke. Um, he's pointing to this weekend as a time to make a decision. I don't care if he comes here or not. Um, I don't. I wasn't moved when I looked at his film, but it's not up to me. We'll see what they do there. Um, I I am excited about the possibility of some other names, maybe even some that haven't been mentioned quite yet, so I'm watching very carefully with that. But I do think it is a really good get uh, at a position where right now it's not exciting, but to get an Earl Little who we wanted all along to be able to bring him in, if they if they go ahead and close on that, I think his body type, his athleticism, he's a, he's a player, Tom. That would be very, very exciting. Yeah, you know, Nick Saban was talking about him potentially being the starter in the playoff game. So, you know, I think that means that you would be getting a good one, and um, he's a player who could be a safety or a slot corner for you. Well, he needs to be a safety for us. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But you know what? There are two types of safeties that we have. That's right. The the guy who lines everybody up like Akeem Dent, and then there's the guy who plays near the line of scrimmage like a Shaheen Brown or Jamie Robinson. I think he's that. That second one. Yeah, right. Which essentially is kind of like a slot corner anyway. You're you're near the line of scrimmage. You might draw some assignments with some larger body types, but still you're a thumper around the line of scrimmage, which with a dearth of linebacking play, it really helps if you can have a hybrid player like that near the ball. Yeah, that's why I'm excited about it. You just described exactly why I'm encouraged by the chances of us getting him signed because I think that's what he is. I think he can be physical and he can play that dual role for you, and I like him. I, I think he's a... Uh, exciting to, to to add to the to ledger here. I, I think, and I also feel good about what I'm hearing. Uh, Seth writes the uh, Charlotte linebacker started at Michigan has had solid numbers. Transferred due to injury could be a good get. Yeah, you're taking a chance there due to injury, but you're right, could be a very good get. Um, I I just listen. I, it's the funniest thing in the world. There are guys where there are players that come from other schools uh, that play a position of need uh, that I that I watch and I go well. Nah, I don't think he's a game changer, not a difference maker, and I'm a little bit more discerning when those players play positions like I don't know, wide receiver, offensive line, maybe defensive back, running back. If you're a linebacker and you breathe and can run around a little bit, I want you to go ahead and sign with us. So that is so when I see that there are guys that wherever they play, I'm like, yep, that's a good one. Bring him in. That's a good one because I'm tired of this scenario. I think you would take a lot of guys, bring them in, and even if you have to overpay and go beyond 85 and take some kids off of scholarships because they proved they couldn't play in spring, it's still worth it to you. I think you would do that. You would, you would bring in a bunch of guys in spring and say, look, this might be a very short time in Tallahassee. You will, well, <laughs> you will be well compensated for your short one-semester stay yeah. in Tallahassee. 
but what the hell do you care? There's unlimited transfers. Yeah. So come on down because if you are replacement level, you are going to be one of our top three linebackers in 2024. That tells you all you need to know. Tells you all you need to know about my feelings and my frustrations with that position. And I, again, attack this from the angle of we're still climbing, we're adding talent and depth, we're trying to be a championship team. It does not ignore the successes of the staff. It does not disparage uh, the staff to say we got to keep climbing, keep getting better. We're not where we need to be. You can celebrate 13-0, and and you damn well sure should. You can celebrate 13-0 and and acknowledge it was a special season because it was. It doesn't mean you stop there. It doesn't mean you don't point out areas of weakness. It doesn't mean you stop growing because you were excited about what just happened. I mean, I'm excited as hell about what just happened this past year. They are ahead of schedule. I'd like to stay that way. I'd like not to fall behind. I'd not like to take a massive step back and then suddenly find yourself with a very different sounding pitch after a 7-5 and five season. You know, that, this is what we're talking about, continuing to build and add and get better. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it stands to reason that if you review all of the good things that happened this season and 13-0 and and you embrace it as you should because this team was special, this was a team that got the most out of what they could bring to the table week to week. That's not always been the case for a playoff team or even a, a national championship berth, a, a BCS championship berth in Florida State history. No, this one, very much right, yes. They got the most out of what they were every week, and they were so easy to root for for two years. It was a really good club. That, that culture kind of carried over for the two years, but so many of them are out the door. And you're saying in the Orange Bowl, as you're watching the Orange Bowl, all right, who's up next? Well... I mean, there's a little bit of work to do with who's up next. That That's the whole thing. If all these guys were coming back again next year, then the discussion's a little bit different. Maybe there's a little less urgency in our voice about what needs to happen this offseason, but most of them are gone, and you're going to be hearing a lot of names called in that final week of April for the NFL draft, and that's cool because it's been a minute since Florida State has been represented quite like that in the NFL draft. But that means that you've got tons of holes to fill, and some position groups are ready to go. Most of them are not if you're trying to win an ACC championship. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right when you talk about let's circle back. We love certain benchmarks along the way that save us and, and, and kind of salvage some of the dead time where we're able to invest in football again, and that is the draft, the NFL draft. And we always think of the NFL draft because of our favorite teams and because of that league, but I always think of it as well when Florida State's good, it's an exciting time to watch guys that you covered and who starred for you, meaning your favorite team or the team we cover. And in the case of Florida State, they haven't had a ton of guys go in the draft in recent years, and now they will. They're going to have a lot of guys. Now, they're not all first-rounders, obviously, but this is a group, you know, 8 to 12, that are going to see the NFL, and that's exciting. I, I know the NFL is better for me, and I love the league either way. I watch the games. I love it. But I really love it when I'm able to flip around if I'm on the red zone or something like that. And, oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, there's so-and-so. And Florida State is just literally littering the league. To be sure, it's also a really good recruiting uh, advantage if you can look out there on NFL Sundays and see your players everywhere. Well, I think this is another way to look at it, too, about the work, defining the amount of work that needs to be done for the roster. This is going to be a nice year for Florida State. Well represented when they put the schools that have the most kids that were drafted. Florida State, I think we both expect will be in that top five. 
And if the ball bounces right, combine results, maybe senior bowl goes right for a couple of kids, east-west game, maybe you get around a dozen, maybe a little bit more. All right, project to next year's draft. How many dudes are we sending? How many dudes are we sending to the draft next year? Yeah, no, I'm with you. There's no question. It's it, There's a dearth. There's a few defensive linemen that'll go. And and if Fentrell does come back, then, you know, he'll probably get drafted. But I mean, you're, you're looking at four or five uh, uh, before we do more work in the portal. Now, you can send a lot of one, one-year players into the draft next year, but that's where, where we need to get to work now and then in the spring window. Also, I do want to note that when you have – um, and this has come up a lot since the Orange Bowl game, but where players, you know, the opt-out discussion that has been had, you know, had a, bu- a, bu- ton, a ton, a bunch, over and over and over again. It seems like it's it's never ending. But when guys go to senior bowls, th- these are places that are obviously littered with NFL coaches and GMs. That that is a very different thing. You're going to go to that that is part of what you were preparing for. Oftentimes it's what you opted out for was to get ready to go to something like that. So if you had a nagging injury that you needed to have taken care of with minor surgery, you understand why they opted out of the Orange Bowl once we found out we weren't going to the college football playoff and had been screwed and you needed surgery, but it was the kind of surgery that would keep you out of a bowl game but allow you to be ready to compete at a senior bowl before NFL scouts and GMs and coaches, then you were going to do that, and a lot of guys did. And then there are other guys who just had nagging injuries that didn't require surgery but really cost them at the end of their season. Um, most notably, I think Keon Coleman comes to mind. He was a shell of himself over the last several weeks of the season. He couldn't really run. All the speed was gone. And you would see prime examples of that. Now, that's not a guy that necessarily needed surgery, but it was a guy who needed time to rest. If you've got a bone bruise or a deep thigh contusion or something along those lines, you need to get that right. But the Keon Coleman we saw running away from LSU defenders and others in the first half of the season was nowhere to be found late in the year because of that injury. That's a guy that's going to opt out for his NFL future, and understandably, but he has to get right for the combine or any of the private workouts that they're going to have. I mean, these are the things that you would expect guys to do. So, I, I, I again, I don't have a problem with any of that, but those are very different things because I've had people approach me about that and say, well, if you're not going to play in the bowl game and be with your brothers, why would you go to a senior bowl? Well, wait a minute now. Those are not the same things. Oh, I would hope that would stand to reason. I mean, like one, yeah. You put your put your wares before the eyes of NFL. This is the goal. Like, can we just say that point for a moment, really quickly? I'm a knoll. You're a knoll. Right. I'm a lifelong knoll. It's the first level of football I loved was Florida State football, and it's always the one I'm going to love the most. I'm wearing Buck stuff because I grew up in Tampa, and I love the NFL too. But I love college more. But can we just say out loud? That while kids are even being paid right now in college, when you come to Florida State, you're looking at it as the experience of a life of a lifetime, but also a stepping stone to get paid to where, to where you want to be. It's okay. Like that's fine. There, there's always gonna be a relationship, even before NIL and, and wherever we're going, where you're both using each other a little bit, but you can love each other along the way, and you can be a legend and come back and be honored forever. But the goal is to go a higher level than what we cover and what we what we love. That's okay. I don't know why people are afraid of that. <laughs> I just thought something pretty hilarious. Uh, when you compared the relationship 
uh, and noted that uh, a player is going to use a university and a university is going to use a player, but you can love yep. each other along the way. You know that yep. that's basically a Bob Seger lyric. It, it is. Uh, you, you had to know that I was going to do that, right? I mean, we were going to, I used her, she used me, but neither one cared. Come on now, Todd. That was well done on your part. It is, but I also know you so well that I'm like, he's going to go night moves on me. He's going to go night moves. <laughs> well, as soon as you did it, I was like, come on, man. There you go. Way to use a line. But the difference is in that song, neither one cared. You care greatly. You If you if you come to Florida State, and they no, no, care greatly no, about No, 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 no. You can tell yourself that. I don't care if they do or they don't. As long as both get the most out of that situation. I don't care if Florida State players and coaches love that player or if that player loves Florida State. It's it's ideal. You'd prefer it. But if both are kicking ass, I don't really worry about their personal feelings towards one another. As long as we're getting our share. <laughs> you did it. Served it up and he made it happen. Hour number two forthcoming. I got to get my picks in with Mama. She's still two up because last week we picked all of the exact same games. I suspect. That will not be the case this go-around because I'm going to take advantage of my mother's lack of knowledge regarding how many players are playing for one team and not the other and who needs it and who does it because she cares, but she doesn't care that much, and I doubt she's checked. Here comes the big comeback, baby. 